Kiz, you've, you've cut the uh, Star Wars music. Well, if you want me to tell the truth, it's after your request because you don't like my Star Wars music. <laughs> I didn't mind your Star Wars music. I had a music. really good one for you coming up next. It's, a, it's an all-time classic, so maybe we'll have to save that one. We'll save that one. I'm not sure if TJ is a, uh, a Star Wars fan, so you might have made a good call there by not playing it out after 2 o'clock. Uh, we'll ask him very, very shortly. Tony Johnson out of Sky Sport. I can tell you, just quickly before we do chat with TJ, uh, the Crusaders team uh, has come out for their game against the Force. And great news, Will Jordan. Back in the 15 jersey after a very, very long time uh, on the sidelines. Will Jordan back into the side, which is great to see. Uh, you can send in your texts as well uh, on double eight double three between now and 3 o'clock before we hand over to Ricardo on Phoenix Nation. But as we always do on a Thursday, we jump into some uh, some super rugby and some rugby stories across the week with uh, Tony Johnson out of Sky Sport. G'day, TJ. Yeah, Sam, two things. Firstly, if you want some introductory music to me, uh, the theme from Thunderbirds. Yes. Be appreciated. Yep. I yep. didn't know that. And secondly, I think Staffy has asked me pretty much every week this year, should we be worried about Will Jordan not playing? Well, worry not. He's back. <laughs> and, and it's great to see. And I guess it's just something that's taken uh, time to sort out. They've been wise to take their time because uh, it's obviously been uh, quite a debilitating thing. But the, the, the great thing is that this brilliant player is back playing. And I look forward to him actually going down to do the game uh, this weekend. So I look oh. forward to seeing him in action. Yeah, brilliant. And um, it's funny you said that, TJ, because Steph was the first person who messaged me when the team list came out. So uh, he's he's on the he's on the pulse as well. Uh, but it is great to see him back. Um, before we talk, before we talk a bit of uh, so, oh, well, actually, are you Star Wars fan as well, TJ, as a Thunderbirds fan or just Thunderbirds? Um, no, look, I was more Star. I, one, I I watched the first few Star Wars movies and then I just got lost. I just got lost in who the hell everyone was. Yeah. So I was more a Star Trek fan. Yeah. But but you know, as I say, Thunderbirds was more my thing. Yeah. No. I, I agree. I, I sort of like the older movies, the new ones. I've I've just got absolutely lost in it. Um, right. Let's talk some. Let's talk some rugby. Except TJ, when they tried to turn it into a series, uh, we're using humans, uh, uh, and and I mean, how ridiculous was that? Yeah. No, I agree. And these cartoons and everything, it's just, too, it's oversaturated. There's too much. It's just trying to make money, and yeah, it's lost all the appeal for me. Um, Right, before we talk a little bit of Super Rugby, uh, we obviously talk to you every Thursday, and a lot happens in seven days in the rugby world. Uh, firstly, the news that came out over the weekend um, with these planned upgrades to Eden Park, a new retractable roof, uh, renovated stands, amongst other things. Once again, uh, we're sitting here potentially pumping money into Eden Park, TJ. Where do you sit on the, on the whole Auckland Stadium debate and what the future might look like? Well, I do get a bit guilty talking about the potential demise of Eden Park um, because I've been privileged to be there for so many great moments over the years and to me it's the history of Eden Park, what's happened there, that, that, that it's what it's all about. Um, there is a realisation though clearly that in its current setup, it's no longer going to be fit for purpose going into the future in an era where people are very discriminating about what they do with their money. Mm. Uh, are they going to go to a game and be exposed to the elements when they can watch it in comfort at home or in a pub or whatever? Uh, and I, I think that's been ruthlessly exposed over recent years, you know, particularly in Auckland where it's it's an event crowd. You go to the big event, but you don't necessarily go week in, week out like you used to. And and I, clearly, uh, Eden Park would have to go undergo some, some major modifications to meet this demand. Um, you know, we... we We've got a stadium with a roof in Dunedin. We're getting one finally in Christchurch with a roof. And I think, you know, Auckland needs one. Mm. Um, but I guess the, the big problem with Eden Park is, and look, you know, it's, it's got its ups and downs. I mean, as I say, when it's full, it's amazing. 
There are issues with it. I mean, obviously, you know, the restrictions that are imposed by the, the residents, and, and that's one of the reasons why more people than there should be are exposed to the elements because the compromises they had to make on the design. So, I, you know, the idea of it going whole hog, I, I really love the idea, but the big problem is who's going to pay for it and can you keep going back to the public, expecting the public to pay for it? And that brings into contrast this uh, proposal that is still there for a stadium downtown that the backers of it say will not cost the public anything mm. if they can find the means to, to finance it. And that's what makes that such a, a very attractive proposition. But I think you've got to give a bit of credit to, um, to Doug Mackay, Nick Sortner and co at Eden Park that they have recognised that there is a need uh, that if Eden Park is going to continue to exist, then it then things have to be done about it so that the public can sit in comfort. I think they have to really, if they redo design it, it's got to be a, a rugby or football or league-shaped ground that they can no longer have it half cricket, half rugby, because it's, it's unsatisfactory either way. Mm. Uh, I, you know, it'd be great to see it, but as I say, the other one has appeal because it's not going to cost supposedly not going to cost the public anything. It's right in the heart of the city. Yes, spot on. I was reading about the uh, back in 2006, TJ, when they made the decision, obviously, to upgrade Eden Park as opposed to the Waterfront Stadium. Back then, $497 million was going to be the cost of the Waterfront Stadium. That sounds like a bargain um, compared to the, the $385 million to upgrade Eden Park. It's just when you, you hear that, you sort of think maybe they did miss a trick in times gone by. But like you said, I think the only way forward for a Waterfront Stadium is if it is privately funded because, you know, especially in Auckland with the, the many issues that are going on, I, I doubt taxpayers are going to want to fork out money for a new stadium or, or an upgraded old yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Which, mind you, if you were to sit, that would then bring into, uh, you know, sharp focus what happens to Eden Park after that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough one, as I say, because I've, I've got a, a fondness for Eden Park, but by the same token, it's going forward. It just simply isn't going to, it, it's not fit for purpose you know, looking into the future um, because people expect to be able to watch in far more comfort um, and accessibility, et cetera, than they get now. TJ, you, you've been all around the world, been to many uh, big stadiums. If, if we did build a new one, maybe down at the waterfront, what are, I guess, some key things that you would want it to have or do you think it needs to have in order to sort of tick those boxes? Well, I, I like what they did at Twickenham, and I've talked about this in the past, where they sort of built a hotel down one end and they've got a fitness centre there and they've got other commercial activity going on actually in the structure mm. that's generating money on a daily basis. And I think that's really important. Um, I think accessibility for the public. And look, Eden Park, when the public transport's running, it's okay. But of course, Auckland Transport, the way they operate with absolutely no regard for what the public needs, they're oblivious to public need at times, the way they just shut the trains down at the weekend or the, what have you. Um, so, you know, I, I, the appeal of, you know, that, that's the beauty of, um, for example, the um, Principality Stadium in Cardiff. It's right in the middle of the city. And it has it is been absolutely um, symptomatic, or it's been a catalyst, I should say, for the regeneration of what was a fairly dowdy old city centre to what's a very vibrant one these days. Um, so that, that's the appeal of it. But I, 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 again, I just get back to that point where I, I, I think we've got to develop... I envy, living in Auckland, I envy Wellington and Hamilton that they've got a rugby ground uh, and they've got a, Wellington have got the Basin Reserve. I just wish they'd, you know, um, sort of thought of that when they designed the, the, the Cake Tin because, again, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's not quite 
big enough really for a cricket ground and it's just a it's too big for a rugby ground if you yeah. know what I mean so those they can look elsewhere and I think you know, you can look anywhere you like in the world for, for clues as to how to get it done properly. Mm, absolutely. Um, other big news over the last seven days, uh, TJ, was Razor hinting about um, selecting overseas All Blacks. Ian Foster sort of responded this week saying that that's going to be dangerous for a number of reasons. Where do you sit on it? Yeah, I, I've always supported New Zealand rugby's stance that you can only be picked by, for the All Blacks if you're playing in New Zealand. And I don't see any reason to change that. Now, look, obviously... Razor, being the affable bloke that he is, someone asked him a question and he gave an answer and it was quite a tantalising one about, you know, if we're going to, you know, look forward, move forward, then maybe we have to consider these things. Fair enough, but but, but to me, I I just, I see no reason to change it. I mean, who would you change it for now? Uh, You know, this exodus that they always, the headline writers always, you know, talk about or or print in in the lead up to a World Cup, it's not really going to happen this time. I mean, we know Richie Maung is going and there's word that Sam Whitelock, who we probably expected to end his international career anyway, might be going off to France. But other than that, especially, you know, you get guys like uh, Damien McKenzie um, just recently has recommitted uh, to New Zealand rugby. A lot of others have um, followed suit. You know, the opportunities aren't quite there. Uh, You know, England rugby is in financial turmoil at the moment. Japan are not going to keep now importing lots and lots of players because they're strong enough. So I think I think uh, to me it's it's not quite the issue that it might have been developing into a few years ago. Um, you know, the only way I could ever see it happening if 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 New Zealand and Japan, for example, were to try to get into some sort of sync or synergy with each other over the competition, then maybe you could allow players in Japan. Uh, I don't know, um, but but to me, uh, I think keep it the way it is. Um, because it, it, it is proving at the moment um, to be an incentive to keep you know most of our players, uh, top players in in New Zealand. Mm. Yeah, no, I do agree with you there, TJ, and the fact that um, especially especially with England, like the financial stuff going on up there, I think sort of almost put to bed uh, the argument of all the yeah, money so being. Look, in... The other thing is too is you know obviously you've, you've had exceptions. Um, Charles Piatow, just as he was about to become, you, you felt that he was on the on the doorstep of greatness with the All Blacks. He went off. Um, and, of course, there was a big um, fuss when he announced that he'd be available for Tonga, but he's only played two games for them. Mm. He, and, and, and really, he doesn't have ultimate, or, or neither does Tonga have ultimate can say over when he plays for them. And that's the thing that we have to avoid. Absolutely. Right, uh, just before we do get into some Super Rugby games, one last story that came out, and this is one that has been bubbling away for a while, and I know, um, Steph, and you have talked about this before, TJ, it's this draft system that people are proposing uh, to sort of, I guess, even out uh, some of the fortunes of the Super Rugby teams, but also add another layer of you know storylines and interest, etc. The draft system, are you a fan? Well, I'm a fan of it in American sport. I, n- I notice it's come up again because it was raised by uh, Andrew McLennan, the Australian chairman. Uh, this is in a week where you know his exasperated CEO has decided he's going to quit ahead of what's you know this upcoming so-called golden era that they're about to go through. I think that's a sign that you know not everything's going all that well at the ranch. But yeah, he, he brought it up. I, I, I you know had strong suspicions that it's for him. It's just about uh, opening up a mechanism that would allow. Uh, Australian teams to to, bra- to draft New Zealand players to make them stronger, uh, which I wouldn't be interested in the slightest um, m- myself. Um, I, you know, if it was to to happen in New Zealand, I, I as I say, I, I can understand why people like it. 
just seeing the NFL draft, it's show business. It, yeah. It's like the Oscars. It's it's brilliant. It adds this massive interest and 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 such a a boost to the sport when no football is actually being played, uh, and 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 that adds something. Um, and what I like about it, I mean, I support what have been at times two of the worst teams in American sport, the Cincinnati Reds, who are starting to build something quite uh, potentially strong because they keep getting you know, high draft picks because they're so useless. <laughs> and same with the, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are arguably the worst team in American football. Mm. And then because of that, they get to, to, to sign the, the number one draft pick, Joe Burrow, and suddenly they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I see why people like it. It, has, it would have an equalising impact, uh, but it won't work unless New Zealand rugby and schools rugby get on the same page. And there's no sign of that happening at the moment. Schools rugby, I think they want to be a law under themselves or control their own uh, goings on. They don't want New Zealand rugby having any say in it. Um, and the, the question would be, who drafts them? Is it the super rugby teams who draft them? And then the players get uh, disseminated away to um, the provincial teams. Uh, I, I, you know, that, that's a question that I'd want to know. Uh, I like the idea of it, but at the moment, unworkable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree with you, um, TJ. We, we've got to talk about these Super Rugby games. I just, you just brought up the Australian rugby thing, which we haven't even talked about. But uh, let's let's talk about some of the games this weekend. Uh, maybe actually, let's just start with the Chiefs Crusaders in Hamilton last weekend because uh, that was a great game for the competition. Obviously, two of the best teams in the comp uh, are sold out, uh, packed FMG Stadium in Waikato. Just just what the competition ordered. It was at a, at a time where a lot of talk had been about the, the size of the crowds, and that that's understandable. Um, as, as I said before, you know, a lot of people, you know, who, who sit at home and watch all the games, then complain about the size of the crowds. Um, but but look, you know, it, it's not a great look, and so to have a packed house there, despite the fact that it was a, a fairly manky sort of a night with a bit of rain around, that that was brilliant, and the game lived up to expectations and just underline these very strong credentials that the Chiefs have uh, to go on and win this title. Uh, the, the way I, I think they won the individual battles, I thought, uh, you know, Sam Kane is a much-talked-about player. I thought he, he was quite magnificent the way he, he led the line for the Chiefs. Uh, the big names all, all stood up. Uh, and, you know, it, it does for the, the neutrals, you would salivate at the prospect of them meeting again in a semi-final or even a final. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, this weekend, only one uh, New Zealand derby. That's between the Highlanders and the Chiefs down at Forsyth Bar tomorrow night at 7.05. Anton Lennart uh, Brownback for the Chiefs and bringing up game 100. Uh, no Brody though. There have been a few people across the station this week, TJ, calling this a potential banana skin game for the Chiefs. Are you giving the Highlanders any chance under the roof in Dunedin? Well, yeah, when you come off such a big challenge as to, you know, beating the Crusaders in a top-of-the-table clash that everyone knows is, is pivotal, there's so much hanging on it, uh, then I guess there is always the potential uh, for you to stub your toe in the next game. I just don't think that's what this Chiefs team is made of. Clayton McMillan just continues to impress with his very pragmatic style, um, you know, and, and also I think, I think the, the leadership of this team, not just... Uh, Kane and Weber, but also you know other players who are growing into that you know and maturing, and 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 having Leonard Brown in the mix, I think um, against what's a pretty powerful midfield uh, for the Highlanders, that, that's a, a plus for them. Yep, they go in uh, w- without uh, Brody Retallick, but you couldn't question uh, the way Tupou Vai and Naitoa Akoi, the way they've played for the Chiefs in the last couple of seasons. 
Uh, interesting that um, the Highlanders, they've made the decision to leave Mitch Hunt out of the starting 15. Hunt, uh, you know, at times has looked more like his old self this season, but not completely. And so they, they're throwing the, the keys, I guess, to, to, to Freddie Burns to see what he can do. I just can't see the Chiefs buttoning off. Uh, I, I think they'll be well aware of the potential for an upset and I'd, I'd still back them to win and continue this incredible unbeaten run. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the, the schedule as well for the Chiefs, TJ. They um, have, after this game, they've got the Reds at home, the Hurricanes at home, and then they go uh, Brumbies and Force away. I mean, the sort of the undefeated record's very, very much on the cards for the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that, that Brumbies game, uh, it's always very hard to win in Canberra. That, that becomes, you know, another... A big point, but you get the feeling that, but you know, if they keep going the way they're going, by the time they get to that game, they'll have points in hand uh, that, that they could probably afford a loss and still have have home advantage. But you know, they they won't be thinking that far ahead. It'll just be one game at a time. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you follow um, ice hockey at all, TJ, but I'm a massive Boston Bruins fan. They went through the regular season breaking all the records and then they lose in the first round. So I just hope, being a Chiefs fan as well, that uh, you know they're not peaking a little bit so- uh, too soon and they, they hold something back for the playoffs. Yeah, I've, I've seen it happen twice in the early days of Super Rugby. Uh, I think the Reds topped the table in the first year and were beaten by the Sharks in the semi-finals. And I think another year, the Crusaders beat the Reds in Brisbane. So, it, And I'm sure they're not the only ones. They're just two examples that, uh, you know, that, that, that spring to mind. Mm. Um, and, and, yeah, so it, being unbeaten after the regular season doesn't guarantee anything once you get into the playoffs. No, absolutely not. And uh, just lastly, before we let you go, um, TJ, what, what are your picks outside of uh, that uh, that Chiefs Highlanders game? It's not, you know, the most enthralling uh, round of Super Rugby. You got the draw against the Hurricanes, the Crusaders, Force Blues, Moana Pacifica, Reds, Waratahs, Rebels, Brumbies. What of the what of the other games is is taking your interest? Uh, well, I think the Reds Waratahs game in Australia. Uh, there's always a bit of needle going into that game, uh, and they're both kind of down towards the the, the bottom of the eight. Um, the Reds, what are they? Uh, they're in sixth. Waratahs in seventh. So yeah, that, that, that's that's a pretty important one uh, for for those two teams. As I say, I'm I'm really looking forward to um, the Christchurch just for the very fact that that. Um, Will Jordan's going to be back in action mm. against a force team that you know the Crusaders should beat, but um, boy, they've got a bit of talent uh, in, in their team. The, the big English centre is a player who sort of caught the eye, and also Kiribigi, the winger, and Mata Eli, of course, coming back to Christchurch. So that they've got a bit of talent in their backline. A couple of players who can do things out of the ordinary, but as I, as I say, I think the, the big. Uh, thing there is, is Will Jordan coming back. Uh, Blues at Eden Park, Moana Pacifica starting to run out of opportunities to avoid a winless season. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the Blues at Eden Park, you'd have to think it'd be too strong. And then uh, with Brumbies against the Rebels. I can't see the Rebels upsetting the Brumbies on Sunday. Mm. Right, TJ, we didn't bring you in uh, the right way, but we're going to send you out the right way. The boys have uh, have got something special for you. Oh, yeah, Fantastic. TJ, thanks for joining us as always, my friend. Uh, Staff will be on board next week. We'll chat then. (laughs) I love it. There you go. 
Tony Johnson out of Sky Sport. He joins us every Thursday. He'll be back on it next Tuesday to chat with uh, with Steph, just playing a bit of the Thunderbirds music for him. He's a big Thunderbirds fan, as TJ, and uh, great to get his thoughts across uh, the weekend's Super Rugby as well as some of those other rugby stories over the last seven days.